Our top stories tonight. What a bad year to be a skill position player. All these guys across the board, wide receiver, running back, all of them are getting underpaid. Most recently, Paris Campbell. Just not a good year to play wide receiver, to play running back, to play tight end, to play quarterback. Backups are getting paid at least, but disappointing year in free agency in terms of getting that cash money. We've got all that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. And so, as we said, Paris Campbell, he's the most recent signee to be underpriced. I am shocked that Paris Campbell was forced to settle for a one-year, $3 million deal. Now, he gets 100 extra K per game that he's active. So, if he's active 16 games, that's $1.6 million. It's a $4.6 million contract. Can make up to $6.7 million, which sounds more in the range. But these teams are really being cautious when it comes to injuries. Because Paris Campbell... $3 $3 million base versus 11 for Jacoby Myers versus 11 for Alan Lazard versus even 8.5 for Juju Smith-Schuster. It doesn't add up. Paris Campbell's a quality wide receiver. 6.7, much more in line with... That's not even in line with what I expected him to get. I thought Paris Campbell would be over $10 million a year before this market started. I thought Jacoby Myers, he'd be making 15 at minimum, up towards of $20 million a year, but... NFL teams, they're not paying up for this mid-wide receiver class. Paris Campbell, $3 million deal with the Giants, and this is great for Daniel Jones. This is going to be amazing. Paris Campbell, he's a slot receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Giants believe he can do a little bit more. They're going to try and have him stretch the field a little bit, help Daniel Jones with the the deep speed, the 4-3 wheels. I like the fit for Paris Campbell here. They've also got Darren Waller. A lot of slot receivers, Paris Campbell, part-time slot receiver, Sterling Shepard, he's back, but he's only on a $1.3 million deal. The Giants very much not confident in Sterling Shepard. They lowballed him $1.3 million, but that's the coming off injury price. They're not counting Sterling Shepard into their long-term plans. So right now, as it stands, it would be Isaiah Hodgins on one side. It would be Jeff Smith, who they just signed from the New York Giants on the other. And it'd be Paris Campbell in the slot. Now they want to bring back Darius Slayton. They're talking to McCole Hardman and DJ Chark still. Giants aren't done adding. And at this price tag, why would you be? Giants going to have a whole new wide receiver core on the cheap at this rate. And speaking of DJ Chark, DJ Chark goes ahead and visits the Carolina Panthers tomorrow. Panthers, we know, are in the market for a wide receiver. They've already visited with Adam Thielen. And whoever steps in as the wide receiver one for the Carolina Panthers. They are going to see a big boost right now. It's Terrace Marshall. He's going to be the target hog, which isn't really his game, but big boost for Terrace Marshall, big boost for Hayden Hurst. And whoever that wide receiver one is, if it ends up being DJ Chark, massive boost for DJ Chark. That will unfortunately knock Terrace Marshall down a little bit because they play very much the same role, but they're both outside receivers. That could mean LaVisca Chenault versus Shai Smith in the slot. So there's room for both Terrace Marshall and DJ Chark. And even if they bring in Adam Thielen, he kicks into the slot. All can get their looks, but DJ Chark, DJ Chark is the alpha for the Carolina Panthers. That certainly intrigues me. It'll be interesting, though, to see if DJ Chark can get the bag. If he is closer to this $11 million range that we are seeing from... Jacoby Myers, or if we're going to see him closer to the Paris Campbell's $3 million or the Juju Smith-Schuster eight and a half. It's, 
oh, I don't know how to predict this wide receiver market anymore. I really don't know how it's going to shake out. It It's confusing. Juju, so the first report was Juju and Jacoby Myers. They're making the same. That was a lie. Juju is making $8.3 million a year. Paris Campbell is making $3 million and plus. And Jacoby Myers is making $11 million a year. And Juju's got a whole lot less guaranteed than Jacoby Myers. So much better deal for Jacoby Myers. Much better contract. Not all contracts are what they seem. But it's curious. It is curious. What? How does Paris Campbell make $3 million when Robert Woods is making seven and a half? I know Paris Campbell can make up to 6.7, but you're telling me you'd rather have Robert Woods at any price tag? Coming off that ACL, he did not look good last year, and I know he should be a lot better, but Robert Woods is getting up there, and Paris Campbell has this game-breaking speed. Paris Campbell has something you can't teach, an invaluable skill two NFL offenses. I'm not just talking fantasy. I'm talking real NFL. The speed of Paris Campbell changes the game. It changes the whole formation of the defense. And so you're going to pay Robert Wood seven and a half million. I just don't get it. Deontay Hardy, this former Saints wide receiver, he's guaranteed more than Paris Campbell is even. It's a 4.7 and a half million a year deal for Deontay Deontay Hardy with the Buffalo Bills. He can make more than that, but you're really telling me that Paris Campbell is worth $3 million a year and Deontay, Deontay Hardy is worth 4.6? Even if you get Paris Campbell all $1.6 million from his playtime incentives for his game, being active every game, you're telling me that Deontay Hardy and Paris Campbell are worth the same? I just don't get it. I don't see it. Happy Ashton Doolin got paid $3.5 million a year. Noah Brown, the Cowboys wide receiver, he takes $2.6 million, but this is not last year's market. There's no Christian Kirk deals coming out here. This wide receiver class is having to work for their money, and they're just not getting it. At tight end, too. We haven't seen a whole lot in the way of tight end. Jonu Smith, he gets traded, and he's making $12.5 million, but doing that for the Falcons now. Evan Ingram, he gets the $11.3 million franchise tag. And then it's Jawan Johnson. He signs for $8.5 million. Jawan Johnson versus Juju Smith-Schuster. They're basically signing for the same amount of money per year. There's more upside when it comes to Juju, but that's what these wide receivers are getting now. We saw that there's a big inefficiency at tight end where tight ends were getting way underpaid, and that's why the Patriots go and bring in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Can't figure out how to use both of them at the same time for some stupid reason, but It was an inefficiency in the market that the Patriots tacked. Now, wide receivers are getting paid like tight ends. Wide receiver twos, like Jacoby Myers, barely making tight end money. Curious, very curious. Jawan Johnson, eight and a half million versus Juju, eight and a half million. Which would you rather have? I think I'd rather have Juju. I love Jawan Johnson, but I think I'd rather have Juju Smith-Schuster than Jawan Johnson at this point. And... We have Josh Oliver, $8.2 million for Josh Oliver per year with the Minnesota Vikings. And I get it. He's blocking. He's doing more. But you'd rather have Josh Oliver than Paris Campbell? This doesn't line up for me. It does, does not scan, does not compute. Ian Thomas takes a pay cut. He's down to $4 million a year. That's more in the line of some of these guys that I expected. 
Chris Manhurts making just over $3 million a year. That makes sense. Weird, weird market across the board. I, I, I don't know what to say. I truly don't. Good news, the top wide receiver on the market, DJ Moore, he was spotted recently with Justin Fields. He's having a good time at the Chicago Bulls game. It's Fields, it's Darnell Mooney, it's DJ Moore, it's Chase Claypool. They're having a blast. Those three wide receivers looks like they are ready to roll together in 2023. We'll see if they add anyone else. But the Chicago Bears, the Bears are back, baby. And looking at this running back class, this running back class is being treated very much the same as this wide receivers, except there's even less money available. Because Tony Pollard, he and Saquon Barkley, they are the two that get franchise tag. They're making $10 million a year. That's less than Evan Ingram's making on the franchise tag at $11 million. And then you get Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, top of the running back market for those who aren't franchise tagged. But for all the running backs that hit the open market, as of now, Miles Sanders is making the most and just making sure that nothing else has come in. Nope, we're still good. Miles Sanders, four years, $25 million. That is a little over, what is that? Oh, I'm blanking now. Four years, $25 million. 6.25. Okay, that's what I thought, but then I got confused. So Miles Sanders, he's making $6.25 million a year. David Montgomery, three-year, $18 million deal. He's making $6 million a year. That's less than tight end money. Those are both... Both David Montgomery and Miles Sanders are making less per year than Josh Oliver, the blocking tight end, the tight end two for the Minnesota Vikings. Jamal Williams, he's making $4 million a year for the New Orleans Saints, three-year $12 million for him. Samaj P. Ryan, Samaj P. Ryan. This one confused me. Samaj P. Ryan, he's making $7.5 million a year. That's just under $4 million. Sorry. He signed a $7.5 million deal, two years. That's just under $4 million a year. So P. Ryan, a step behind Jamal Williams, but also a step ahead of Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison, by all accounts, we expect Alexander Madison to be the franchise running back of the Minnesota Vikings. Cody believes that Kendra Miller is going to be drafted by the Vikings and he'll be the ultimate replacement when he's healthy. But Alexander Madison, Dalvin Cook, he's getting cut. He's getting traded. And now you've got RB1 Alexander Madison, two-year, $7 million deal. That's less than Samaj P. Ryan got. That's $3.5 million per year. Wow. This market, this running back market, this wide receiver market, it is depreciated. It is a bear market right now. Difference between Madison and Samaj P. Ryan's contracts. P. Ryan is guaranteed $3 million. Madison guaranteed double that. Madison guaranteed $6.35 million. So most of Alexander Madison's contract is guaranteed. Samaj P. Ryan only has one year guaranteed. So again, this is the differences when it comes to NFL contracts. We always have to be aware of that, but still a bargain for Alexander Madison. He can earn up to $8 million. That's less than what Jeff Wilson can earn for the Miami Dolphins. Jeff Wilson can earn up to $8.6 million. Now, his base rate is less, $6 million over two years for Jeff Wilson. That's a million dollars less than base salary. But Jeff Wilson can earn more than Alexander Madison. Both are expected to be the RB1s of their team, though. Wilson signs for more than Raheem Mostert. Mostert, two years, $5.6 million. So that's 400 k less for Raheem Mostert than Jeff Wilson gets, which not a big difference. But Jeff Wilson, he's got... 
three million dollars guaranteed, Raheem Mostert two point two million dollars guaranteed. Both of those are just one year deals essentially, and both can be moved on from if they really needed to. They could cut either of them and not take much of a hit. Interesting, yeah, very interesting. The Dolphins, based on money, Jeff Wilson's a starter, but Raheem Mostert very well in line with Jeff Wilson. And they could draft a running back. They could sign a running back. Neither of these guys could matter. I I don't know how to explain this market. I'm just reading you numbers and trying to figure it out myself. We've got Miles Sanders up here at the top, $6.25 million a year. David Montgomery, a tier below that, at $6 million and a little bit less guaranteed. We've got Jamal Williams at... $12 million total. Miles Sanders guaranteed $13 million. Jamal Williams, $12 million total. Crazy. Samaj P. Ryan below Jamal Williams. Alexander Madison in that tier with Samaj P. Ryan and most certain Jeff Wilson less than those two. And then we get James Robinson. James Robinson is signing with the New England Patriots. Initially, it was reported as an $8 million deal. That is not true. It is a $4.5 million deal. So $2.25 million a year for James Robinson. The chance with incentives, he can earn up to $8 million, but James Robinson kind of given a bargain contract too. $2.25 million. That's nothing for a running back. That's nothing for any, any player. That's not starter money. Ramondre Stevenson, still the starter. James Robinson is going to be the new Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be spelled a little bit and we'll see what they do in the draft. If they draft a pass catching running back, but James Robinson, if he is the backup to Ramondre Stevenson, that's good news because Ramondre Stevenson will stay in that pass-catching role while Robinson takes some of the the between-the-tackles, banger carries. And James Robinson, he can catch the ball, don't get me wrong. It's just not as good as Ramondre Stevenson. So why would they bother? Who? Yeah, this market, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm searching through. Running backs are out. They're not getting paid at all. Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds signs for the veteran minimum of $1.08 million. Crazy. $1,080K for Chase Edmonds for this one year. Veteran minimum. One year after signing a two-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. Now that deal only had one year worth of guaranteed money. Traded him to the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos say, yeah, we can't afford this. We're not paying our backup running back. $5 $5 million. Well, instead, we'll pay Samaj P. Ryan $3.5 million or $3.75 million. Crazy. No one's getting paid. Every running back is being undervalued. None of these guys are getting what they deserve for the hard work and the hits that their body is just taking game after game, week after week, year after year. I feel bad for all these running backs. I feel bad for all these wide receivers. Especially the wide receivers after last year, probably thinking, hey, I'm at the top of this market. I'm going to get mine because I'm the best wide receiver. And the NFL just collectively said, no, we saw what Patrick Mahomes did. It's about the offensive line now. It's not about the wide receivers, the star wide receivers. They can make $20 million, but not the rest of you. No, we'll we'll give Jacoby Myers the wide receiver one on the market 11. We'll give Alan Lazard $11 million because we really want him to come here because of Aaron Rodgers, but otherwise he's probably making juju money. Crazy, crazy time. And these backup quarterbacks or these backup slash starters, they're making wide receiver money. Jacoby Brissett, 
set to make $8 million. He can make up to $10 million. Juju Smith-Schuster's contract is $8.5 million up to eleven. It's a one-year deal for Jacoby Brissett, but what does this tell you? I don't know. Jacoby Brissett, and when you compare him to other contracts at quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, he got the best deal. He was the prize quarterback on the market outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, who we all know got the big contract. But Jacoby Brissett, one year, $8 million for sure this year, and he can make up to 10. Baker Mayfield, he's making half of that. Baker Mayfield's contract, $4 million. He can make up to $8.5 million. So if Baker hits all of his, his all of his incentives and Jacoby Brissett hits none of his, Baker now makes more than Jacoby. But that's that's it. Baker has to hit every single incentive. So the Bucks putting less trust in Baker Mayfield than the Commanders are in Jacoby Brissett, if we're being honest. And Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke, two years. $14 million for him. So that's $7 million, million a year. So Taylor Heineke, he's getting paid more than Baker Mayfield is. He can make up to $20 million a year. So if Taylor Heineke hits his incentives, sorry, make up to 20 million total. If Taylor Heineke hits his incentives. He's going to be making 20 million over two years. That's 10 million total. That's on par with Jacoby Brissett. And that's two and a half million dollars more a year than Baker would be making. So, yeah, here Baker Mayfield, it was his he he wanted to go to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay wanted him. He's going to compete for the starting job. The Bucks and the market have said, no, nah, Baker, you out of all these backup quarterbacks, you're the backupiest. Jameis Winston, he's making four million dollars this year. He can earn a little bit more. I think he can make up to six and a half. You're on Jameis Winston salary, Baker. You're on pure backup salary at this point. Jacoby Brissett, he's getting kind of starter money, starter slash backup. They're going to give Sam Howell a chance, but they're also giving Jacoby Brissett that money to hopefully groom him. That's probably part of it. But the NFL has decided that Taylor Heineke and Jacoby Brissett are more desirable as quarterbacks than Baker Mayfield is. Who would have thought that two years ago, three years ago, that the NFL would say, hey, Baker, I'm sorry, but I would rather have Jacoby Brissett. I would rather have Taylor Heineke. We'll see what Gardner Minshew gets. The Colts apparently interested in Gardner Minshew. Maybe he gets a contract that says the NFL prefers Gardner Minshew to Baker Mayfield. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll keep you updated on Gardner Minshew reuniting with Shane Steichen, his offense coordinator with the Eagles. Crazy, crazy times. P.J. Walker signs with the Chicago Bears. We don't know what his contract is yet. We'll we'll compare it to Baker Mayfield in the backup of the backups. Andy Dalton, $10 million over two years to $5 million a year. That's more guaranteed than, or that's more base salary than Baker Mayfield. So Andy Dalton, more desirable as a starter than Baker Mayfield. The money talks. The money tells you what's actually happening. And the Bucks are not putting that much emphasis on Baker Seems as though they really do want Kyle Trask, whereas the commanders really don't want Sam Howell. Moving on to the offensive line, though, the guys protecting the quarterbacks, they getting paid early. Not as crazy a market as we might have seen. Jawan, see, we might have hoped, though. Jawan Taylor, 
He signs the big contract, $80 million a year to replace Orlando Brown. I keep saying a year. $80 million total, four years, $20 million a year for Jawan Taylor. I apologize, my friends. But Orlando Brown, left tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs. He walks in free agency to the rivals, to the Cincinnati Bengals. But here's the catch for Orlando Brown. Last year, Orlando Brown was offered a six-year, $139 million contract from the Kansas City Chiefs to be their left tackle forever. That would be $23 million per year. Orlando Brown says, no, I'm going to play on the franchise tag. I'm going to bet on myself because I think I can earn more. I want to be the highest paid offense tackle in the NFL. Chiefs said, no, we're not doing that. Sorry, but you can be top five paid. Nope, I want to be the top paid. Okay. So the season plays out. Chiefs let Orlando Brown walk, and he loses a bunch of money. Four years, $64 million for Orlando Brown. That is $16 million per year, which is still a great contract, but it's the 17th paid offensive tackle in the NFL. That's not what Kansas City offered you. So he takes a hit on the contract, but the Bengals, the Bengals make a massive upgrade on the offensive line. So Jonah Williams, he's going to kick over to right tackle now. Orlando Brown is going to be the left tackle. That was part of the contract. I am the left tackle. So Jonah Williams, he kicks over to the right side, likely cutting Leal Collins. He's not going to be healthy to start the year. Could re-sign him down the road, but Leal Collins probably getting cut. Or Cordell Volson, he's back at left guard. Alex Kappa, he's back at right guard. And then at center, you still have Ted Karras. So the Bengals, in one move, upgrade their offensive line. Of course, it would be better if Lael Collins was healthy, and then they could have Lael versus Jonah Williams in camp. Maybe that's still the plan. Maybe they don't cut Lael Collins. Jonah Williams and him compete. Either way, though, Bengals' offensive line got better with this move. Dallas Cowboys offensive line stays good by signing Tyron Smith. They do redo his contract. He's making $6 million a year, which is really Tyron Smith making $6 million, but he can earn up to $15 million a year. So Tyron Smith, he takes a pay cut from $13 million to $6 million, but with incentives, he can actually earn $15 million, $2 million extra from what he would have been paid. We don't know if Tyron Smith is going to be playing left tackle. He's going to be playing right tackle. Tyler Smith, first round pick for the Dallas Cowboys last year. He played left tackle, kicked inside the left guard, kicked back outside the left tackle. So he could be starting at tackle again. Terrence Steele, the right tackle for most of the season, he tore his ACL. Tyron Smith stepped in at right tackle for him. So maybe they keep Smith over there. I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do, but keeping Tyron Smith is a win for the Dallas Cowboys. It really is. A couple of these other teams signed some Good offensive lineman. Yelta Froholt to the Arizona Cardinals. He's expected to be their starting center now that Rodney Hudson has retired. J.J. Watt and Rodney Hudson actually both released by the Arizona Cardinals. It's a salary cap thing. Both of them are retired, but because the Cardinals need to make some money moves, they cut both of them officially. And the Seahawks. The Seahawks signed former Detroit Lions Evan Brown. Brown was kind of the swing interior offensive lineman, made starts at center and guard. Made a lot of starts at guard last year, right guard while Hal Vitae was out. But the Lions replaced him with Graham Glasgow, former guard slash center for the Broncos and former guard slash center for the Detroit Lions, actually. Graham Glasgow, 
third round pick by the Detroit Lions. He left. I think he went to the Buffalo Bills, if I'm not mistaken. Walks in free agency again to the Denver Broncos. Now he's back with the Detroit Lions. So he's either going to be that starting right guard competing with Hal Vitae, or he'll just be the swinging interior offensive lineman again. Either way, great signing by the Detroit Lions. They continue to make great decisions. Great, great decisions by the Detroit Lions. So, so proud of my team. That'll bring us to the defense. Lots of moves going on on defense for starters. Jalen Carter, Georgia defensive tackle. He pleads no contest to his charges down in Georgia. So he receives 12 months of probation, a $1,000 fine, and 80 hours of community service. But Jalen Carter's legal issues are now behind him. That is resolved well ahead of the draft. So now people don't have to worry about Jalen Carter and whether or not he's going to be arrested or something else is going to come up. Now, though, gain nine pounds between the NFL combine and the workout that he did. But Jalen Carter was also doing edge workouts. So that made him look even worse compared to Nolan Smith. It's interesting. Jalen Carter, he did himself no favors, but can you blame the guy for gaining a little bit of weight when this stress is hanging over him? I know I like to stress eat. We'll see what happens. This is a, this is resolved. I'm sure Jalen Carter will work out for some NFL teams, but Cody was still impressed. Cody defended Jalen Carter, said it wasn't the best day. It was a poor practice, but he looked worse because he's working out next to Nolan Smith, just a Greek god in shorts. So we'll put that behind us for now. We'll keep you updated on all things draft-related. Across the NFL, we've got some news at safety. Nick Scott visiting the Bengals. They lost both of their starting safeties, former Rams safety. Former Rams safety Taylor Rapp visiting the New England Patriots. So like the Bengals, Rams probably losing both of their starters in the secondary. And then we've got Nasir Adderley. Nasir Adderley retires from the Los Angeles Chargers. Just 25 years old, four years into his career. Nasir Adderley announces his retirement. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. We wish Nasir Adderley the best of luck in his future endeavors. We wish the Steelers the best of luck. They have moved on from all three starting linebackers from last year. Cut Miles Jack earlier today. Save about $10 million there. Devin Bush and Robert Spillane. They were both free agents. They've left. Devin Bush talking to some teams today, including the Seattle Seahawks. Robert Spillane signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Steelers bring in Cole Holcomb, former linebacker for the Washington Commanders. Three-year, $18 million deal for him. And they also sign a Landon Roberts, former Miami Dolphins and Pittsburgh. No, former Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots linebacker. He wants to play with Mike Tomlin. Heard good things from his former head coach, Brian Flores. So Landon Roberts coming to Pittsburgh, hoping that their defense... It's a smooth transition. Still good defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't get me wrong, but we'll see. We'll see how this move and all of the others shake out. One final move that I want to touch on, though, is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. I know there's the doom and gloom that, oh, they've lost so many players. Oh, the, the, the exodus following the Super Bowl. Every They're losing everyone. They lost Kaiser White, linebacker. He follows Jonathan Gannon to Arizona. They lost TJ Edwards, linebacker. He gets the first contract of free agency with the Chicago Bears. They lost Javon Hargrave. Well, he's going to San Francisco. He's going to be dominant with Nick Bosa over there. That's that's scary. What are the Eagles doing? They're losing all these players. It's not as bad as it seems for the Philadelphia Eagles. They bring back James Bradbury on a three-year, $38 million deal. It looked real bad for a second because they were going to be cutting Darius Slay. 
That's no longer the case. Darius Slay is back for the Philadelphia Eagles back in the secondary. I don't know if they're redoing his contract. I don't know what the deal is there. Darius Slay is back. So both corners are back. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, CJ Gardner-Johnson. Sounds like he might be back. If not, that's a big deal because they lost Marcus Epps too, but they keep their two lockdown corners. They keep Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, both free agents. They come back another year with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've still got Josh Sweat. They've still got Hassan Reddick. They've got a deep defensive line. They lose Javon Hargrave, but they have his replacement in Jordan Davis. So yeah, the Eagles are suffering some losses. The Eagles are losing some free agents, but they still have an elite duo at cornerback. They still have a dominant pass rush. And oh, yeah, they have the best quarterback in the NFC in Jalen Hurts. They have the best offense in the NFC with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. So the Philadelphia Eagles, it's a lot of doom and gloom right now. But I'm telling you, and I've, I know I've hyped the Dallas Cowboys up quite a bit, but the Philadelphia Eagles are still the number one team in the NFC. 